Welcome to Back Pain Movement. I'm your host, Simon Schmidt. My guest today is Michael Eisner, a 37 years young Canadian living in Toronto. You are an actor, a graduate of Studio 58 Action Conservatory, and a graduate of Canadian Film Center Action Conservatory. You are the founder and host of the podcast Ankylosing Spondylitis Natural Health. Most of your guests have an AS diagnosis and are telling their very personal story. You want to help all those people who are still suffering from this illness in a sustainable way. With 18, you yourself were diagnosed with AS. For 10 years now, you are committed to a healthy lifestyle determined to get out of pain naturally. Now you feel better than ever, you're pretty much out of pain, and you are in the best health of your life. So, Mel so Michael, welcome to my podcast. Thank you very much, Simon. It is a real pleasure to be here with you. Great, it's a pleasure to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I know from you, you, you really like the mountains, so I'm wondering... Switzerland is having a lot of mountains. <laughs> what do you think about Switzerland? Do you have uh, an image about it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I do have an image of Switzerland. Um, I, I actually dated a woman who was from Switzerland. She was Swiss. And um, when I started dating her, I noticed that she would comb her um, carpet, the tassels on the end of the carpet, so they were perfectly straight. <laughs> when she was cleaning the house. So, I mean, maybe she was a little OCD, but it might be also like some part of the organization and attention to detail that Swiss folks have. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but it always left an impression on me. <laughs> she was very clean. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do have a great image of like lots of mountains and... Um, and beautiful, uh, lots of trails. So I, I'd love to go there and, and experience the Alps there for sure. Great. And where where did you meet her? Like in, in, well, uh, in Switzerland? No, it was in um, <laughs> Regina, Saskatchewan in Canada, in the prairies. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I used to okay. live there. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, as you know, I, my podcast is all about back pain. So um, you, you, you yourself has your, um, have your own story. I'm, I'm just wondering when you hear the word back pain, what, what pops into your mind? Um, it's an, an annoyance, <laughs> something that <laughs> a lot of people experience. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people complain about, but a lot and a lot of folks disregard. Like it, there's a very little empathy for back pain because I think a lot of people are like, just get over it, you know, work out or, and even, you know, even, in the, even in the past I've caught myself thinking, oh, well, it can't be that bad. You know, like when you hear about other people's back pain. So it seems like a very common thing for people to have. You know, I think it affects a lot of folks. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see it absolutely the, the, the same way. Also, when, when I have talked to experts, they're saying like, oh, there are so a lot, a huge amount of people out there having back pains. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big issue. Totally yeah. agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. So, Aurel, just go for it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say... Um And I mean, it, you can also know that it can be extremely debilitating and I've seen that too. So in those cases, of course, <laughs> there's a lot of empathy and uh, sympathy for those folks. But yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it can, it can be from chronic to at times and at other times, and then it can really affect people's lives or just a little bit. And that's, yeah. That's what I yeah, absolutely. It's so a broad range of, of different sorts of, of back pain. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah, you cannot uh, put it all together, and um, yeah, you, you just have to look at all of the symptoms like individually. Yeah, absolutely. So, with your diagnosis, I'm wondering, could you? Probably, I, I of course I had looked it up, but probably for my listeners. Uh, Can you explain a little bit what this illness is exactly? Right. Okay. Well, first of all, no one knows really what it is. Um, <laughs> nobody knows really what causes it. There's no scientific evidence that says exactly what it is. There's a lot of theories. Um, one major theory is that it's bacteria in the gut lining and through something called leaky gut syndrome the bacteria leaks through the, um, the intestinal lining and then the bacteria goes into the bloodstream and the body interprets that as a foreign uh, threat and so it attacks it and inflammation happens um, in the spine or, or, um, or wherever it is. Um, so, but typically what it is, how they diagnose, this, how they diagnose it is that um, everyone with AS has a specific gene called HLA-B27. And, um, and basically their symptoms along with that, uh, with that gene being found determine if they have it. So usually there's sacroiliac joint pain that feels like it's in the hip. There's pain in the spine and stiffness um, can also occur in the chest, eye, um, can form into colitis or even Crohn's. Um, and also people get it in their knees, their heels, um, elbows, neck. It can really affect a, a huge array of uh, the body. But eventually the long-term projection of the, dis to, uh, of the disease is that the spine fuses, the sacroiliac joint fuses, and the person is pushed forward into an arch and they end up looking down and they have a bit of a hunchback mm. and uh, they can't move anymore. And so that's a very extremely painful process and can take the whole life. Typically, typically it affects white males, but it can also affect obviously Asian, um, African American, but typically it's, um, Northern European sort of that's the, but, um, It affects everyone, and uh, it can affect women, but typically more men, and it's about one in 10,000 10, people that are affected. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, I, 
I can I can say like uh, it's crazy, <laughs> crazy illness. So yeah, it sounds to me, it's yeah, it's, it's weird. And I forgot to say it's an auto. It's considered an autoimmune disease, and it oh, is okay, weird. Okay. It is very weird. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, like any uh, autoimmune um, disease, I think, because it's like so, how could you imagine like your own corpse is attacking yourself? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like hitting yourself on the head. Yeah, you could say, <laughs> why would you do that? Exactly. Why would you do that? Why would the body do that? <laughs> so um, you told me like uh, in the last year, you, you had like a, a really... Yeah, um, steep um, learning curve. Mm-hmm. How, how did it come that it took so long for you to to find this way? Right. Um, I was I was looking for a long time for about the last ten years. I was looking for natural solutions because I decided not to take um, medication anymore. So, I, oh, I've had it for twenty six years. So. Ten years ago, I said no more medication, and um, and in the last year, the the big steep um, change has been. I always suspected it had something to do with the way I was thinking and the emotional identification I had with my emotions, I guess. And but I didn't really, I didn't quite understand it. I saw patterns like when I was upset or angry it seemed to affect my body and that made sense right stress affects the body i knew that but i had met or um i found a group online called the ankylosing spondylitis victors and um there was ralph ruiz and this guy sky denton and peter winslow and i started reading online about them and they all had healed from this specific condition um, naturally. And so I was blown away. I had never really, I'd met very few people who even had the condition. And then to find people online, three that were claiming they were healed from this and they did it themselves naturally. And I mean, of course I was skeptical at first, but I read through their material and it sounded so authentic and it sound, it, it rung true with me immediately. And I, I guess I just knew I was like, that's exactly what I, I suspected would, was going on with me. But these guys train specifically how to get out of it or how to, how to heal. And, and it, it was an emotional, mental, more of an, a mental, spiritual, emotional thing than anything else. Okay, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and... Have you ever been in contact with them or have you just uh, read their their stuff? Right. Um, I wasn't con- I was in contact. I contacted Ralph Ruiz, had a long conversation with him and um, he said to read a book um, by Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth. And he said, check in with me in a couple months after that. And so we had this great conversation and basically told me, Michael, you got nothing to worry about. You're fine you got to learn to love your condition and appreciate it for what it has to teach you and um and not to love it like love the pain or anything but to just accept it with open arms and this was a new concept for me <laughs> it really opened up my mind and it felt good it felt it felt liberating 
So just that little tinge. And the other thing he said, Michael, you don't need anything except the air that you're breathing. In life, like really, you don't need anything. Of course, food and shelter, that's great. But I was always looking outside for a cure, for something that was going to make me better. And basically, that's what he meant by you only need the air that you breathe. And, and, and that's really the practice is being present and in the moment and being grateful for everything you have. And that's really the most beautiful teaching about it. And so I read that book, a new earth. And then I got in touch with this guy, Peter Winslow, who also healed himself 26 years ago, about 25 years ago, he's been out of pain and he healed himself all on his own. Um, and so I had to get in touch with this guy. I figured, you know, if he's been free of this pain for 25 years, then, you know, this guy's the real deal. So I trained, I coached with him. He was my coach, I guess, my AS health coach for about a year. And uh, within two months, I felt extremely better. And um, and so it just, I just kept on seeing him. And, and it was over online. He lives in Scottsdale, Arizona. I live in Toronto. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was a it was an amazing journey, and uh, I'd say I'm still on it, of course. Um, and I feel just I feel so much better. Great! I'm so happy for you to hear thank, that. Thank you. And now, are you still having like a special routine or exercises? Uh, could be mentally or physically that you still have to do to to keep you out of pain. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I have to do anything. Um, okay. You know, um, however, there's definitely a practice I have. Um, I, I learned how to do TM a long time ago, but just at the beginning of this year, after meeting Peter, I began doing it really regularly, two days a week. I mean, two times a day, two times a day. So okay. I do it first thing in the morning, and then in the evening, I meditate for 20 minutes, so... That allows me to, I guess, you know, um, step away from the thought, thought, emotional pattern, um, and uh, to meditate and get some relief, I guess, all the great benefits of meditation. So I do that. Um, I started lifting weights. Peter was, he, I'm a yoga teacher. I've been doing yoga for uh, 13 years, and Peter immediately said, you got to stop doing yoga. And I was like, well, are you kidding me? I said, stop doing yoga? I thought he was crazy. I'm like, yoga is the cure for arthritis. I, I thought it was the end all be all. However, I mean, it's, it's not. There's more to it. He said, you got to get strong, Michael. Because, you know, I was about 30 pounds underweight when I met him. Um, I weighed 108 pounds. Now I weigh 137, almost 140 pounds. So... He said, you got to get, you got to get strong. You got to gain that muscle. You got to get some weight on you. You know, he said, you still got about, uh, 10 good years of, uh, muscle gain, you know, me being about 37. So he's like, uh, so you got to hit the gym and lift those weights. So I lift weights. I lifted weights solid for, uh, about a year and now I'm getting back into the movement stuff. So today I did capoeira, I did handstands in the park. I, um, did a little jog, big stretch, and then I went to the gym and I did deadlifts and uh, squats. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm more free with what I do now, and I think that's a big key. But at the beginning, having that structure and regimen 
of really stressing the muscles. And I think I had to learn again that I'm fine and that I'm okay. Because to me, I thought, uh, no, lifting weights was going to be extremely painful. And maybe it was some days, but I was fine and I got over it. And I'm a lot stronger now because of it. Great. Yeah. And I, and I eat whatever I want. That's the other thing. That's another <laughs> practice is I was obsessed with diet for 10 years. I was scared of what I was eating all the time. I was scared of what was out there. I was like, what's in that? Is there gluten in that? Is there uh, beef? Is there beef juice in there? I can't eat that. You know, I was, I was always afraid of everything. So he was like, Michael, you can eat whatever you want. And I was like, even cheese? yes you can eat cheese and i was are you kidding and eggs because i thought eggs would always always i thought eggs was arthritis for me i was like eggs equals arthritis so um now i eat four sometimes five eggs first thing in the morning like i have huge plates of scrambled eggs with vegetables and oatmeal and i just had a sandwich a roast beef sandwich with bread with real gluten and wheat (laughs) and i'm fine the arthritis is not affecting me so you know it's a it's i mean i i have a lot of respect because there's a huge community of people out there that that control their arthritis rheumatoid arthritis ankylosing spondylitis through diet they don't um eat uh, starch they're on a ketose kind of diet. I respect that. I encourage anyone if that's the journey they want to go on. I did it for years. It kind of worked for me. Um, however, now that I've trained with this guy, Peter, now that I've changed my life, it's science. Okay. I'm fine. I eat whatever I want and I'm fine. So it, it had more to do with the mental, emotional, and the idea that I was sick. I always thought I was sick, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, I can see it. You, you are okay more than that. <laughs> I am great. Fine. Um, so could you maybe tell us a little bit about how about your yeah dark darkest moments with, with this illness? How how did it feel, and how did you push through it? Okay, right. Um, uh, I think it, it came to me, I, I started using drugs and alcohol when I was 14, so I <laughs> used a lot, had a lot of parties. Um, I stopped when I was 28, I just had enough, and as soon as I stopped, I think my body went into a bit of a shock, and of course I had, arth- I had arthritis or ankylosing spondylitis when I was um, 11 on, so... When I was 28, um, I stopped drinking and doing drugs, and I, um, I think my body went in shock. So I started feeling arthritis everywhere in my body, everywhere. Um, my, my, my eye, my chest, all down my spine, my hip. Um, and uh, I started taking really strong anti-inflammatories, uh, NSAIDs, something called Arthritec. And uh, it was fine for about six months, but then it uh, started rotting my, um, or started causing ulcers, and I uh, started bleeding, um, and I uh, lost a tremendous amount of weight, and I couldn't digest any food, and uh, the doctors were just saying, oh, you're not eating enough food, or, you know, they, they didn't, 
they didn't know it was the pills and neither did I. I didn't understand what was going on. So I was taking the pills. I, it was giving me ulcers and all the arthritis came back everywhere. So the drugs weren't working and the arthritis was worse than it ever was in my life. I was completely out of control. Um, I had no way of controlling it, not physical exercise, drugs, nothing. And so, you know, it, it, it got it got so bad at times where, you know, I'd, I'd wake up and um, I couldn't move at all in bed um, because the pain was so sharp. And uh, and then when I did once, I, the pain was so intense, I blacked out, I passed out. And then when I woke up, it was still there. And I had to get um, some anti-inflammatories and you have to take it with food. So I had to crawl on the ground and I had to go to the bathroom. I had to crawl on the ground. It took about a half an hour to get to the bathroom. And I couldn't even go to the bathroom. I had to go to the kitchen and grab a pot and pee in the pot because I couldn't sit on the toilet. I couldn't physically put myself on the toilet. So I, I always felt like if I was ever in immediate danger, like someone was threatening my life, I couldn't get away um, because of the pain kind of thing. So I, I, I always had a very dark and gloom vision of where I would end up at the end of my life, um, not able to take care of myself. So, and it was a myth, you know. <laughs> um, so I guess that was probably the darkest point, you know, where I just felt I was depressed, extreme anxiety, I was paranoid, and um, I, I didn't really know what to do. So, um, but somehow I believed in natural healing. So I found a, a, um, a, a natural path. And uh, over about two or three years, using his guidance um, of taking a bunch of supplements, acupuncture, um, all natural remedies, yoga, um, <laughs> everything I could, he could think of. It, it kind of got me to the point where I where I was okay again. Not perfect, but okay. I could function. I could work again. All that. So, yeah, that was the beginning of my healing journey. You know, like I guess the darkest point, it really spawned. It really woke me up. And it said I have two choices. They, the rheumatologist told me I could take um, um, something called uh, biologics, which control your immune system. Um, and they're very expensive, about $1,500 an injection. Um, so, and you've got to do it once a week. So something like, that. yeah, it's, it's extremely expensive. I didn't have health insurance. Um, so I just said, and it controls your immune system. So if you get an infection, you're unable to fight it off. So I was like, that's not for me. So I just believed there was another way and I found it. <laughs> Thank you. That's oof, hard stuff you're telling here. Uh, yeah, I haven't haven't thought that it's yeah that's so so hard to see and that's that the pain could be that that severe. Yeah. Yeah, it, and the people I talk to, it's it it is ex it's extremely uh, extremely painful. There's this one guy who's working with my coach Peter right now, and he's in a wheelchair. He's on all kinds of drugs. And he, you know, he can't walk, and he's in pain all the time. So it's it, it it affects people in different ways. Some people really harshly, and some people are fine. I I, I have a friend of a friend, my friend's uh, brother. 
he he has the AS diagnosis and he's fine. So you know, so it, I think it has something to do with how you, as I learned, something to do with your emotional, spiritual quality and what you're going through, because it affects people different ways. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's that's interesting in the way that yeah. It's like the the same illness, but we are all individuals, so we can hit you totally differently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So th- that's why I want to talk about uh, now about uh, your podcast. So uh, I'm really interesting how how you got into all this podcasting. Uh, I have met you in the broadcast yourself course, and um, yeah, tell us more about it. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, after, after I got better, you know, I was, I, I, um, and through talking to my coach, you know, I guess the next, the next step for me was how can I give back? And, uh, he talked, you know, what about, what about interviewing people? You could talk to other people who have this condition. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. I could learn from them. So when the course came up, uh, London Reels broadcast yourself course, I saw it and I'd been following Brian for a long time and. I thought, well, it's a little bit of money, but um, it's exactly what I'm looking for. And I, I believe that, you know, when, you're, when you ask questions, options come up. And so I was like, let's do it. Let's take this course. And uh, now I've, I've met so many people in the, the ankylosing spondylitis community, all people who all have the same kind of interests as me. So I'm right in my pocket. I'm right there, you know, and... <laughs> And meeting such tremendous people and uh, so grateful. I'm very grateful for it. I'm so happy I chose to do it. Um, I now have five episodes and up and four episodes in the can. So they just have to be. Um, and one of them is your, yourself. So um, I look forward to uh, publishing them. should be up pretty, pretty soon. Great. I'm also looking forward to it. So how... how- how do you feel after you you had an interview? How, how does it make you feel? Right. Um, it, it's funny. It's leading up to it. There's so much um, uh, anticipation or you know re- research that that we do, and and then once it's done, it just it feels good and it, it feels right. And uh, you know, I think. That even if even if some people are listening in and it and it encourages someone who's in a really dark spot or someone who's lost, you know, and are looking for just uh, just I, I don't want to say hope, but for alternatives, for something else, you know. And so, even if it can provide that, then you know, I, I think. I've succeeded. Um, I think a resource like this for me would have been tremendous if I had found it 10 years ago. So it's a great feeling every time I finish an episode. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I can totally, yeah, can totally feel it because, yeah, I feel the same way. (laughs) 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 Exactly. Um, but um, uh, you are also an actor, 
Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I I think I haven't yeah I haven't ne- never talked to an actor before, so it's oh, kind of cool. my first time. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm interested in asking some question about uh, this. You you told me that acting influenced you. Mm-hmm. You had like uh, a mentor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, had a great influence on you. Can can you tell us more about this? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, amazing woman. Her name's Michelle Lonsdale Smith, and um, she uh, trains in Los Angeles, in Toronto, in Vancouver. Uh, I was in Los An- I was in Vancouver training with her, and um, she has this exercise called relaxation, which is um, very common in the actor studio. It comes from the actor studio, where you sit in a chair. You isolate one part of your body and you begin moving around, relaxing everything else. So you focus on that one part of your body, relaxing it, moving it as far as you can, and then moving on to the next part of your body. So you isolate each joint, move it. And the theory is that in our muscles, emotion is stored, old memories. And um, when you release it and are aware of it, through the relaxation, you become aware of your emotion and you become aware that when you move your body, it releases it. And so the, um, the task is to not make a story or to comment mentally on the emotion because it's very tempting. Oh, I'm sad. It's because, you know, when I was younger, this happened or my girlfriend just broke up with you and she always, she was always like, it doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. So you're sad. You feel sadness. That's it. You're aware of sadness. We all are. You know what I mean? It will change. She just kept saying that. It's gonna change in two minutes, you're gonna be happy. You know, so you just keep on moving through it, rolling your neck, isolating those parts, and then you're happy, and then you're laughing. And see so the exercise we do it we did it for, you know, about half hour, forty-five minutes at the beginning of each class. And um, so that woke me up. Like, I always knew what sadness was. You know what I mean? Of course, sadness, anger, happiness. But I didn't really know what it was because I was always attached to it as an idea. Sadness, I always thought, oh, it's because of this. You know, I'm sad because of this. And it became a story. But when when I detached from that for the first time in my life and just felt raw emotion just okay it's sadness that's all that is it was um it was beautiful because for the first time i was i disidentified with emotion and at the same time i was able to identify it um so it was a, a tremendous sense of freedom and it really helped me in um healing later on because um what I discovered with Peter and what he helped me to realize was that a lot of the condition, a lot of the pain I was experiencing was because of anger and, um, and believing that uh, there was a reason for my anger. And so if I was in a situation where something bothered me, I would feel it in my body and then I'd tell the story about to myself about why I was angry and so he said um you know what if you just felt it 
something happens, don't take it personally. It's nothing to do with you. And just feel it. Feel that anger in your body and separate from the story. So, you know, for a while, I was in my bedroom for hours, sitting on the floor, meditating and just feeling that anger. So say the day before, someone pissed me off. (laughs) You know what I mean? Absolutely. The story would happen and I'd just feel it. So that was the beginning of really the healing. So Michelle helped with that. The acting helped with that. Because that was the beginning of it, knowing that I could just sit there and feel it. And it wasn't me. It was just the body doing what it does. And I reacted to it. And so the pain is dissipated because of that awareness. And pain is the same thing. It's a sensation. And so he taught me, you know, just feel it. Don't make a story of it. It will move and it will change, just like emotion. It's going to change. Everything's temporary. Nothing is permanent. Well, there's a couple things he said was permanent. And that was um, now. That's always permanent. <laughs> wow. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a wonderful story. Uh, now I'm getting a little bit emotional. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what... But, um, what what ha- has it to do with, with acting? So I, I do not see right. that, that link so far. Okay, so you do the relaxation. That puts you in your body. So you're in your body now. Your body's alive. And you've created that connection. You're out of your mind and in your body. And that is the key to acting. You're in your body. And the words will just be there. Okay, so the next exercise is something called... Um, Um, private moments or sensory. So you start with a glass, a cup of coffee, imaginary. So you're in your body and you imagine you're holding a cup of coffee. It's hot. You can smell it, um, drink it, taste it. And you spend a long time doing that. And eventually, as you get better, you know, you start imagining whole landscapes or your bedroom or, um, say hot shower, cold shower. And, but the thing is you're in the shower, you visualize it. So you, you remember you're in an acting studio and you remember start with the floor. So you just look down at the imaginary floor and you remember what your floor looks like. And like, say in the bathroom, it's a tile. What does it feel like? You feel the grains beneath the tiles. You feel the smoothness, the texture. It's a cold, And then you move to the walls and then you do the whole thing where you take off your clothes, grab a towel, the whole procedure of a shower. So you're recreating it and you ask, what does this have to do with acting? So you create a private moment. So there's people watching you and it's the focus and it's the concentration of remembering you're in a shower and you're taking it and feeling it. And then perhaps you sing your favorite song that you love singing in the shower. And so it's, um, it's a really beautiful exercise um, because you, you remember who you are and you're out of your head and it's all through your imagination. And through that, like the child, the childlike, I don't know, like wonder comes out in you and that's play, right? You're imagining again. That's what we did when we were kids. And that's what acting is. It's playing, but scientifically, right? So there's a method. There's a method to it. You sit down, you relax, 
become aware of your body your emotions separate from it then you start using your imagination and then then you're ready to act and then we do a scene right so then sometimes she'd be like what scene you working on michael i'd tell her and she'd be like what monologue you working on so i'd know it she's like okay you're in the shower it's hot now do your monologue it's got and then but you're not doing the monologue like you're thinking about it you do it as if you're feeling the heat and you're speaking those words so you're still in your body and you're just saying the words and it doesn't have to make sense life doesn't make sense and that's that's the thing most people when they're angry or they're passionate it just comes out right you're in a scene it's all subtext what we talk is is like it's the tip of the iceberg everything is underneath so the words they don't really matter and 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 that's i guess that's that's the exercise it was it honestly being in her class it it was probably i mean some of the most beautiful experiences in my life for sure it was amazing it was it was really it was unique you know and and it doesn't matter that i guess no one really saw cuz i felt you know i experienced it so it's it's a real experience and it really grew my love for the art of acting i could understand how was it how it was an art wonderful fantastic I, yeah i as as you know i'm not an actor i haven't never been to an acting class so i couldn't imagine what yeah what actors yeah are how they are trained yeah, exactly so uh, wonderful it it sounds to me like a, a really good training for for everybody it's I, like i think so too it it is a great it's a great training i think for everyone i think anyone could benefit from it now of course that's just one school of acting training there's yeah. many other ways but that's just one way and are you still acting uh yeah i am i am i did a lot of plays in the last 3 years and i'm working on a monologue i'm going to do a play um in november Um yeah just keeping my toe in it uh, I still do workshops I go out for auditions I have an agent and go out for auditions I've been doing it for 15 years so I mean it's I love it tremendously and I think one thing about being an actor and most actors will tell you is that it's it's okay and it's good to have other passions and to explore them um and it's all going to feed your acting and uh will make you a happier person if you're just waiting around for a job uh it's like it's it's a really tough way to go so this podcast and this uh has been a tremendous tremendous uh addition to my life for sure great <laughs> great story <laughs> um yeah now uh, normally uh i ask my my guests Uh, a so-called uh, museum question. Uh, I tell you how it is. It's just like you have to imagine you would die, and um, uh, mankind would build a museum in honor of your life. Oh. It's, it's your legacy. Okay. So, um, how how would your museum look like? Uh, like, it, I eat up. I think it'd be something like a big uh gathering of people 
um, where, you know, I'd be like, everybody has to climb a mountain together, you know, <laughs> like everyone has to climb this mountain and be in nature and uh, everybody has to sing and dance and roll in the mud and the dirt and... Uh, <laughs> And then at the end of that, then everyone gets together and there's incredibly beautiful music that everyone dances to and eating food and telling funny stories. And um, yeah, maybe some karaoke. I love karaoke. So maybe some karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big celebration, you know, not taking anything too seriously. Just having a lot of fun. Sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, do you have, if, if you could give one hint or one advice to your uh, younger self when you have been, uh, yeah, in or when you discovered uh, your your illness, what what would it be? Um, I'd say your your this illness is a gift it's the greatest gift you may ever receive in your life it's a message to wake up and to appreciate every day and that that you may have even chosen to have it to remind yourself Uh, that you can't sit back on life, that, it, that life is about engaging and taking risks and, and moving forward even though you're scared. And that even if that failing forward is the way to go, that you have to put, I'd say, Michael, you got to put your heart out there and you got to do your best And if you fail, that's fine. But not doing anything and not trying and being aloof, <laughs> that's your illness. So I say something like that. And it's to myself so I can say that. It's a bit strong, but it's, I'm only speaking to myself, so it's okay. I may not talk to someone else like that, but... <laughs> wow, now it's <laughs> great, great words. <laughs> Sounds just like uh, to me like a mantra. Yeah, <laughs> you could repeat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great stuff. I think stuff. so too. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank great you. Great questions. Really great questions. <laughs> You're a good interviewer. You're really good. <laughs> yes. So it was. Uh, wow. It's amazing. Amazing talking to you, Michael. Really, I. I It, it was tremendous amount of, of things I've never heard before. Yeah, I, I can so much learn from you, I think. And I think a lot of people out there can, can learn from you too. So I'm sure you, you're going to have a lot of, of good times with, with your podcast and you're going to help uh, a lot of people. I'm totally convinced about that fact. Thanks, Simon. I appreciate that. I feel the same way about you, man. When I heard your po when I was listening to your podcast, 
I was really, really impressed. And uh, I definitely um, am inspired by you for sure. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So great ending, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, we did it. <laughs> great ending. So, yeah, just to my listeners, I uh, hope you enjoyed and um, yeah, as always, give me feedback if you wish to. Uh, open to to any kind of feedback. So um, I'm gonna see you on the next show or hear you. And that was it for now. See you soon. Bye, Michael. Bye, yeah. everyone. The text and audio files contained in this program are for information use only. It is not meant to treat, cure, diagnose any medical health condition you may or may not have. For medical advice and treatment, please speak to a medical health professional.